You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the first, that's right, the first edition of On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's me, it's Chris Meany. We are your baseball hosts. I know everybody loved the football podcast we did last fall for Line Star. It was a great time. In fact, so many people won, and we did such a good job that guess what happened? They brought us back for baseball. So, Chris, yes. we must be doing something right, brother. That's right. Uh, very excited to be working with you again all summer, daily doing uh, this baseball show, giving out some winners, some picks, some lines, some spreads, some over-unders, all that good stuff. And uh, hopefully everybody listening has a good time as well. Let's do this, man. It's Fire a lot it up. of things. That's a lot of things, Chris, it to is bring a lot to it. But, you know, we're going to try to keep the show tight because we understand baseball is a bear. We understand, you know, so many of these DFS shows, they go through every single player and every single this and that. We're not going to do that. That's not what we're about. We're about being efficient. That's how we were with NFL. Uh, we, we crush it there. I mean, honestly, that, that run with the Carolina Panthers from the betting lines standpoint, Oof, that whole the run. Browns. We, the Cleveland Browns. We rode the Browns to success, yes. The Colts as well. Uh, I believe right. I called them the, the best uh, under 500 team. You did. Football <laughs> at one point when they were, what, like two and four or whatever it was. So <laughs> we basically went on a run there, both DFS and betting-wise. We're going to try to do the same thing of MLB. We're going to be out here every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we're going to skip Thursday. We'll be here on Fridays, and then there'll be a weekend preview show that'll take you through Saturday and Sunday, our thoughts on those slates with all the day games, how to approach it, and what you want to do. So let's just start off generally speaking. Now, Chris, I know for the Black Book this year, you did uh, the DFS chapter and sort of best practices for baseball. What are some of those things that you always want to remind everybody out, or, or even for the players who are taking a shot this year, or have come back to DFS after a couple years to play this year in MLB. Yeah, so, you know, there's a few things that I look for in terms of statistics, talk about in a little bit. But, yeah, if you're a new player, I would suggest maybe just playing some smaller contests, maybe some double-ups, some 50-50s. You can really uh, build a bankroll that way. I mean, you don't have to go up against hundreds, thousands of people. You can go into smaller contests, maybe just be 20 and, and double your money if it's a 40-man contest or whatever it may be. Uh, I would just – suggest doing that maybe go into some some gpps that have just max entries whether it's three three max again so you don't have to compete against somebody with 150 lineups if you're just new um, to the dfs landscape and, and in terms of just statistics looking for i'm always joe and i know everybody's a little bit different but you know we're going to look at lines and ballparks and over-unders we're going to obviously touch on that all the time but i'm looking at contact pitchers i'm looking at fly ball rates I'm looking at guys who give up home runs and give up bombs. And on the other side, I'm looking at some batters who make a lot of contact as well. If they're going up against a contact pitcher, uh, those are some things I look at. And, you know, we'll get into the slate, but Mike Fires is one guy that, that he just stands out, right? I mean, 33 home runs last year is top five in baseball, 81% contact rate, top 20 in baseball, and a 43% fly ball rate, which, which was top five in baseball. And you already saw in start number one, he got lit up a little bit. So just looking at pitchers like that, where can the runs come from, the home runs? Because at the end of the day, you're going to want to get 
get some bats who uh, who can clobber a few bombs for you. So those are a couple things uh, that I look for. And for me, I'm a cash game player. I love tournaments. I really do. I love the fact of that opportunity to win that that big money, and I love being contrarian a little bit. But for me, I'm a cash game player. I like to build a bankroll, double ups, and you know come football time we hopefully win the big bucks and baseball is much harder i mean let's be frank it's harder than the nba it's harder than football in many many ways and it's it's such a grind it really is and understanding you know the logic of getting those hitters in a row in a stack that you like because if you believe in that stack then you need to kind of have that middle of that order or that top of that order that one two three and and the reasoning behind that but also those players too who have really good uh, splits, too. Those players have dramatic splits, like the Framiel Reyes's of the world, too, and when those guys are in lineup. So we're going to try to you know, give you those guys as well. Obviously, with opening day here, there's a lot of fanfare and a lot of stuff. But the thing I always like to remind people of, especially when you're on a site early on in April that requires two pitchers, right, like DraftKings does, it's important to remember a lot of these pitchers aren't going to get through the sixth inning. Like, that's not going to happen. Right. Because they're still coming out of spring. They're still – working up that stamina. So you're going to see a lot of middle relief and a lot of bad relief, which always means to me runs. And that's something to keep in mind. Now opening day is a little bit different because you're going to have Scherzer and DeGrom and Nola and all these other guys, which makes it equally hard because you've got so many of these top end pitchers that on the two site kind of thing, you basically have to make a a decision there on DraftKings. Like, am I going to go all pitching all in and just kind of scrap together an offense on a day like today because you get all the number ones going, which doesn't happen very often. No. So it's like it's going to happen once or twice here, and then you'll see it realign after the All-Star break pretty much. But, Chris, for me on DraftKings, I can count on the Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, Jacob DeGrom performances. I can't necessarily count on some of the offenses with some of these hitters. So, for me on DraftKings with the two pitchers, I'm going heavy pitching this way uh, for opening day. How about you? Yeah, for opening day, I, I agree. I think you brought up a really good point of pitchers not being stretched out yet. And for the most part, like it's kind of the opposite of season long where, you know, there's for me, I'd like to get a couple top end pitchers in my draft. And, and after that, you're, you're, you know, you're taking some, some flyers on guys. And really when with the batters that you're getting in the first few rounds, they're solidified, they're studs and you have them. But on a day to day basis, you know, especially DFS, Mike Trout on any day could go 0 for 4, 0 for 5. We know that he's the best hitter in baseball, but that could happen, and he's very expensive. I mean, opening day already, I mean, he's $5,600. I mean, nobody is is more expensive than Mike Trout, but pitchers in daily, I find, are a little bit easier to predict, uh, a little bit easier to understand where the strikeouts are going to come from if they're playing on a good team, a chance for a win, good defense behind them. They can go the distance. So I typically like to spend up on pitchers in general. Uh, as opposed to hitters, but for opening day, I will side uh, with you definitely on those aces. Um, but you know, once I get well, I into, I think it's more on the two pitcher side, like the, the two pitcher side. Yeah, side, that's that's what you're looking for. And whereas on Fanduel, I look at it and I say, I actually am more apt to take a day like you know today, where I'm looking at the Yankees and I'm looking at their matchup there with Baltimore, and they're in Yankee Stadium, and that place is going to be jacked up, and Baltimore is absolutely dreadful, and mm-hmm. I don't expect a, a very long outing. <laughs> from Andrew Kashner. No. But I'm willing to pay up on offense uh, on the opposite side. I'm willing to go Aaron Judge. Uh, give, me, give me even the one, two, three, because if you give me Brett Gardner, who's going to be leading off tomorrow, uh, and give me Judge and give me Stanton, I'm actually happy with that kind of grouping and play it that way and give me the one, two, three in the Yankee lineup and let me see what happens. And I'll go and I'll pivot to a guy like a Ryu, who is at home, who's pitched very well this spring, 
who is in a situation against Arizona, and let's face it, Arizona without Goldschmidt is not quite Arizona. Peralta's a nice player, don't get me wrong. They've still got some talent there, but there's definitely a lot of outs in that lineup, and I think Ryu is one of these guys that people forget. Over his last nine starts last year, the guy was absolutely brilliant. The guy had 50 strikeouts and nine walks last year over his last nine starts. That is tremendous. The, The control is there. You're looking at efficiency, which... In this time today, uh, especially when we're talking about April games, this guy has an opportunity to pitch through the sixth inning, I actually believe, because, because he is so efficient, not even because of the pitch camp, but because of his efficiency. So to me, that's my approach on the FanDuel side for opening day. I love Rio. I think he's one of the strongest strongest uh, arms on the board for sure. And yeah, you mentioned the the lineup in Arizona. I mean, it's watered down. They lost Pollock as well. And this is a team who struck out 23% of the time, which is the sixth most in baseball. So I think that's a great call. Yeah, and I, I'll, I will spend up on some of those bats as well, especially early on in the season. Again, just to you know hammer that point home is some of these pitchers are not going to be stretched out. The starters, the aces, sure. But some of the other guys, like maybe John Lester only gets through four or but five. But even those guys, you're talking right? ace versus ace. You're talking, you know, where you got uh, some of these guys going against each other, like DeGrom and Scherzer, um, you know, some of the higher end guys here where it becomes a little tricky. I mean, even, even Kluber, who you love. Yeah, Verlander and Snell. Yeah, but Kluber's going against Barrios, who I like a lot as a pitcher. And yeah. It's in Minnesota. I think it's, I think it's a little tricky when it's that opening day ace versus ace. I'd rather target a guy like Ryu, who's got an opportunity here, I think, against, I mean, I, I know it's against Granky, but. I just don't think that that offense right now is going to scrape together enough. So I'm looking for the guy with the win potential. I'm looking for efficiency. I'm looking for depth. If I'm not going to pay up to the top and there's nothing wrong, I think with paying up for the top, you got Verlander, DeGrom and Scherzer, Nola, Kluber, Snell, Tyon. So it's, it's a pretty stacked group there. Uh, Tyon obviously being the lower end of it, but he's in Cincinnati against the Reds lineup that even without Scooter, I'm a little fearful of, to be to be honest. I, I would prefer to kind of stay away from from Tyon today. Yeah, I I would agree. I think Tyon is more of a, a tournament tournament option for you know in Cincinnati. We know about that ballpark, and I I'm in agreement with you. I think the Reds lineup is even without Scoots, they're vicious. They got a lot of great hitters. So I, I yeah I, again I don't know if I will spend up as much on Verlander and Kluber and Snell, and it's not anything against them. Obviously, we know what it is, but the hitters, I find this time of the year, the hitters are ready to go. Uh, and they're itching. And the pitchers, some of them, they won't, they won't be able to go past five or six. Well, and that's why I look at Tanaka, too, who, granted, I, I've talked about how much I like the Yankees today against Baltimore, as you should. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't look at Tanaka pitching into the sixth and seventh inning today. I mean, that's not happening, especially with that bullpen being as exactly. good as it is. So the, the fear there is what if it happens to be tied? <laughs> what if he's not in line for the win? I want somebody who's got a good shot at the win and as good of a pitcher as Granky is, and he is. I think that Dodger lineup can still do enough there. It's, um, it's certainly one of the more confusing days in DFS baseball because of the fact everything is laid out there with the best pitchers on every team for the most part, and they're all going head-to-head. So it's a little bit tricky. Is there a trap guy for you when you look at some of the pitchers on the board today where you go, oh, this is a good guy. I want to own this guy. I talked about Tyon. Uh, is Kluber a trap? Is maybe even a, a guy like Snell a trap against Houston where you go, oh, well, you know, it's Snell is at home. Maybe I'll take the oppo there and be a little contrarian where Verlander's ownership might be higher. 
Yeah, Verlander's ownership probably will be a little higher. Uh, I don't have any interest in in Kluber really. You know, he's been hit around a little a little bit in spring. I didn't like the way he finished last year, and I like um, Jose Barrios a lot actually because I'm looking at Cleveland's lineup. I like that one too. And no Jose Ramirez. Maybe, maybe does he start? I know he's fielding. Does he start? Does he get in the lineup? Uh, um, we know that Lindor is probably not going to play and just look at all the guys that they lost from, from last year. I mean, it's, it's a really watered down lineup, especially opening day for Cleveland. So I think there's going to be some strikeouts to be had and I'm just kind of on the twins bandwagon. I know it's a tough matchup against Kluber. So that's, that's one that I, that I will fade towards the top. Uh, and the Verlander and Snell one is, it's just such a, such a dominant matchup. I think you, you just take the the savings, the discount, it's almost $2,000 savings on, on DraftKings is 11 to nine, four. Uh, and you, and you go that way, but up, up at the top Kluber is Kluber's the one I kind of shy away from. And I think we'll be able to pick on this Cleveland Indians lineup this season. And especially early on now, because uh, both Ryu and Berrios are on the afternoon slate, if you're going to isolate the slates today, I think you could play some tournament stuff in the late slates today on MLB, get Berrios and Ryu or just one of those two guys with a couple different lineups on FanDuel and do it that way. I, I think because you got the early slate and the, and the afternoon slate, you can, you can, the early slate to me plays a lot more cash because of DeGrom, because of Scherzer, because of Nola, that I think you have to own one of those guys if you want to cash and even in tournaments probably. Whereas the afternoon slate is much more tournament ready where you can throw some darts on some guys and, you know, have some opportunity there as well. So I, to me, that's how I look at these two slates, Chris, would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that uh, for sure. It's hard to, to not want to put Yankees in your, in your lineup, but to your point, there's so many studs uh, early well, on. Right? Andrew Kashner just begs it, Chris. He there's really something does. about Andrew Kashner that, just makes me want to throw a bunch of hitters at him. I just want to make all the money fly. I want to send out dollar bills everywhere because Andrew Kashner is that bad. But 84% contact rate last year. Eight, Yankees That's the third highest mark. Yeah, 25 bombs chilly. allowed. What is he going to go? Four and a half, third? I mean, before you get into that, that, that stellar Baltimore bullpen. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. – yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about picking on Baltimore this season, and you know, even in their own ballpark, is is not going to be great for their pitchers. So Andrew Kashner is is definitely one to target, especially early on. Try to get as many Yankees, and the Gardner call is is a great call um, because his price is 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 pretty cheap, and this is somebody who scored ninety plus runs last season. Yeah, well, look, just because it's shock doesn't mean it's wrong. Okay, so you have to account for that. So this is something to keep in mind. How do you differentiate yourself? But Really, sometimes where it's just a smart play. Like it's, it's just smart to get a piece of it. I'll tell you what, Torres isn't hitting ninth, but if he was today, I also wouldn't mind doing the Torres uh, Judge Stanton stack as well. If he was almost kind of like a reverse, like a from the bottom up kind of thing uh, yep. and leaving out Gardner. But I'm going to throw Gardner in there in some of them. That, to me, is, is the way I would go. The sneaky one for me today is Texas. Uh, I like the matchup against John Lester. We know he can't hold anybody on. That means I'm targeting guys like Elvis Andrews and Estrubo Cabrera, some guys who are right-handed bats in that lineup, who I think in Texas have a good opportunity to make some contact against John Lester. So for me, Texas is that one that stands out in terms of a little bit of a value in terms of stacking some players and putting some guys together from the same lineup. Who for you is the sneaky snack of the day? Yeah, you know, just to, 
carry on with Texas. I said I sneaky snack, which is hard, but sneaky stack is what I meant. Yeah, and um, you know who's going to be snack snacking. of the day is different. That's going to be know, like a, a nice black and white cookie or something. I think. You know who's going to be snacking up at the plate? Joey Gallo. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, you mentioned Texas. I think that's a good call because because of Lester. And I was just looking at some of the like Anders is is definitely um, you know in play for sure. Odor's having a really good spring. And for Gallo, I know he, he comes at you with strikeouts or home runs, but this is somebody who hit 15 home runs off lefties last year. So he he 100% stands out. And on the other side, maybe it's not so sneaky, is, is Chicago. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. Mike Miner on the, on the other side, two lefties on the hill. Baez last year, a 384 Woba against lefties, hit 306, eight home runs. And someone who we didn't see a lot from last season was Chris Bryan, is another guy who hit – 372 against lefties a little bit of a small sample size because he was hurt but just crushed lefties so uh that's in there for the snack uh the snack or the stack the snack um, the delicious stack there you go the yes. sneaky stack the sneaky stack um that's and this is. one may not be as as sneaky either they're pretty pricey up at the top is is just colorado bats and you, you know when they, when you get them at cores they're they're much more expensive and it's in miami it's it's a pitcher's ballpark but Urena is a contact guy as, as well, somebody who gives up a lot of contact. And I know Arenado and Blackman and Story are up at the top, but Murphy's in the good spot near the top of that lineup. Ian Desmond is, is somebody last year who was in a lot of just – every time he came up to the plate, he basically had guys on base. So if he's going to hit in the sixth spot, he's going to have a good – he's going to be in a good opportunity to to score some runs. So I, I think that Colorado is, is a decent decent stack. And then – uh, I have a couple of sneaky bats over on the Angels side of things too. I know Upton is not going to play uh, today in that lineup and dealing with a toe injury, uh, but I do expect like a guy like Justin Bohr to get in there, who's thirty six hundred dollars on DraftKings, and for somebody in his career, all he's all he's done is hit right handed pitching. In fact, I looked at his home run totals for his career. And out of his 82 home runs, 76 of them have been off right-handed pitching. The, guy, the guy's got real power. He's that's going to be a fascinating thing to watch all year as him and Pujols, and then eventually when Otani comes back, how that all works with the first base and the DH situation. That's going to be something to keep an eye on as the season unfolds into the summer. But, you know, it's only you, April. You mentioned Platoon, right? You mentioned Platoon, guys. Right. Guys like Steve Pierce. Well, the perfect gonna, kind of guy. Right. Bohr's going to come in against righties when they're at full health. And he's going to be somebody that we're talking about because he's going to hit three, four, five spot. And he's going to have an opportunity with guys on base. Steve Pierce is another one that comes to mind. I know the Red Sox game is late, but when he's into the lineup, he inserts himself into that four or five spot as well. And he's always cheap. So he's going to be in a platoon spot with Mitch Moreland. When these guys get into the lineups and we'll be all over it here, there's going to be some value to be had. All right, let's uh, continue on here with some value guys that we like this week, or I should say this week. See, that's what happens when you're used to doing football every week. Today, uh, on opening day, I've got Yasiel Puig at 3,200, power speed guy. I know he's got a matchup against Tyon, but at some point, that middle relief's going to come in there. I like the power speed combination, guys. I like guys that can get you points in more than one way. And Will Myers also for 32 on the FanDuel side. These are two guys that I think can be really solid return on investments I understand it's Bumgarner, but he's not Bumgarner of old. So to the point also with that Padre team, I did a couple shows this past weekend at NFBC with Brad Ziegler, and he was mentioning that that's one of the sneakiest places in terms of uh, runs and the ball flying out, which is San Diego during the day. He said that ball jumps out of that place in daytime games. And that was some great insight from uh, former closer Brad Ziegler. Yeah. And – I'm going to listen to him, and I'm looking at Will Myers, and you should be looking maybe even at Machado as well, making a nice impact. That's going to be a, an excited crowd. 
They're going to go there opening day, and I think that's going to be a packed house, and they're going to be excited to see Manny Machado, and they're going to be excited to see uh, some of the young guys. They got Tatis, who's now up there as well. He's going to break with the club. That's some exciting stuff, and I think there's going to be a little bit of juice in that ballpark, and if you accompany that with the juice of the daytime uh, scope over in San Diego, those are some guys to pay attention to with the Padres as well. See if you can get either Machado or Myers in your lineup as well. I think those guys will pay off. Anybody value play-wise or, or a lineup builder you think is a good return on investment today, Chris? Um, sticking with the Padres, I mean, in a season-long format, we're wondering, Fran Mil Reyes, Hunter Renfro, we're wondering which guy's going to step up. I, I expect both of them probably to be in the lineup opening day and hitting in good spots of the order. And, and it could be Renfro in the four spot. It could be Renfro or uh, Renfro in the six, Reyes in the four. One of these guys, and I, that's a great tip from, from Ziegler, and, and why wouldn't you listen to him? And for Renfro, eight home runs against lefties last season. And Reyes hit 349 against lefties last season. And you mentioned Manny Machado is another guy who's just crying left-handed pitching and Bumgarner is is definitely not the same guy one guy who's got a lot of attention in spring and he could potentially have a, a high ownership but is young ho kang is $3,400 on the DraftKings side pitching or hitting in Cincinnati is going to be a good ballpark for him seven home runs already in spring I mean that's and spring is over but that's he led all all hitters um, you know in terms of home runs in spring and is another guy who's just Potentially, I thought he would be a platoon guy. It looks like he's going to have an everyday role, at least to start at third base, and is somebody who's just hit right-handed pitching well for his career. 30 of his 36 home runs have come against righties, a 370 Woba and a 286 average. So this is somebody who's got some pop in his bat. Yeah, he can strike out for sure. Um, but I like where he's, he's hitting in the environment. And, you know, it's a sneaky little play. For somebody that you're going to get under $4,000 is hitting, uh, I, I expect him to probably be in the five spot, maybe for Pittsburgh, maybe in the six spot, probably in a good spot for some RBIs as well. All right, my favorite game for a little expected total here, where both these offenses are going, I think, uh, to have some uh, decent amount of runs potentially. Uh, and maybe it might surprise you. Look, there's no Colorado in play, obviously, today. Mm-hmm. But that Toronto game, where they're hosting Detroit, where you got Jordan Zimmerman, who I know is had a great spring, and I've added him in a lot of my leagues, just to kind of see what happens if he is really healthy for the first time in years. But there's some sneakiness there as well, where you have him and Jordan, Zimmer, uh, Jordan Zimmerman and Marcus Stroman potentially going at it. And I look at that, and I look at some of the suppressed prices of guys like Miguel Cabrera, who's at 39 on DraftKings at first base. To me, that's a, a great play potentially. Uh, some of the other guys on the Detroit side too, and even Toronto, like Justin Smoke, where you're looking for utility bats or you're looking for first baseman. Um, those are the kind of guys on FanDuel or DraftKings that I think can help you out where you're looking for some savings, but you're also looking for some power. And I think that game in particular might yield more runs than we might imagine. Uh, any other game for you where you look at it and go, yep, both sides are going to have some runs scored? Um. Yeah, that that is a good one for sure. I again, I go back to maybe Cincy and Pittsburgh. I think there there could be some runs. There's not a lot from Pittsburgh. I mentioned Kang, but you're you're all over the Reds um, there. From a it's going to be a lot of me talking about the Reds this year. I just want to warn everybody. And it's that Reds lineup at home is going to be outstanding. Yeah, and it's fair. I mean, you mentioned Puig. He he's going to be priced much higher once we get going here when the season starts. He's had a he's had a great spring, and the ballpark change is is, is so good for him. So um, that's that's definitely a game where I think there's going to be some runs. And you know, sometimes people will look at like a Detroit and Toronto and think, well, you know, they don't have a lot of great hitters in the lineup, but. 
you mentioned Zimmerman is another guy who contact percentage for his career is up near 83%. Marcus Stroman has really struggled um, over spring and just over the past couple of years, staying healthy, giving up some home runs and some contact as well. And then you, and then, you know, it's, it's surprising to hear because I mean, even last year, you look at a game like the White Sox and the Royals and there's already an over under total there at eight and a half. And you think, okay, well, Kansas City, one of the worst offenses in baseball, not a great ballpark. But you look at the White Sox, and, I mean, they got some hitters on their team, right? Moncada's got some power. And uh, Abreu has had a strong spring, was hurt last season. It'll be interesting to see how Aloy gets out of the gate, too. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets out of the gate. So um, the White Sox got some sneaky hitters in there. And just because, you know – you look at their team and you, and you see, well, White Sox and Royals are probably going to be three or four runs. We already have a total in that one, eight and a half. So I think there could be some runs on both sides. Um, you know, Whit Merrifield, get on base. Uh, Mondesi steals some bags as well. But I'm more interested on the White Sox side of things with yeah. Moncada is $3,100 on FanDuel. Jose Abreu is $3,200 on FanDuel. Like, that's you're saving yourself some dough if you get away from that top tier of Goldschmidt. And the soft middle relief that's potentially in those games too. And the soft middle relief that'll be there as early as the fifth inning potentially too. Exactly. And and that's, that's the thing that, you know, the season's an evolution. The season will continue to change as we go through there and we're going to have much different matchups. There'll be lock matchups that you're going to see where the, you know, some big time starting pitcher will be going against Kansas city and we're going to be all over them regardless of what's going on and that kind of stuff. But also streaks and how important they are. And right now we're starting with a clear slate. So some guys will get out of the gate hot, and that's something to pay attention to. A couple years ago, Trevor Story was the talk of the town. He had one of the most monstrous Aprils ever. We had Tyler White a couple years ago as well. And every year there's somebody who gets out of the gate just in April and just is a house on fire. And it doesn't always last. Sometimes it does. But it's something to keep in mind that baseball is a game of streaks. It's a game of feel. And it's also a game of splits. So – well, we're going to always dive into that stuff. We're going to make sure that we give you that information to make good decisions. We've gone through the stacks that we like today. We've gone through some of the pitchers. And more importantly, because you can split up the slate, how you want to approach those pitchers and website to website, how to do that. So we hope that helps you. Now we're going to get into the betting side too a little bit in terms of uh, teams that we like. Look, it's because, again, we go back to it, Chris, a lot of these ace versus ace matchups, a little trickier than it might be in some other spots but overall I mean I'm looking at it and it's hard not to like I know Philadelphia is the favorite today but I think that's kind of a lock even though it's against Atlanta uh looking at it uh some of the other ones too Cincinnati's favorite over Pittsburgh uh the Dodgers favorite over Arizona so it's it's pretty easy I'm looking for an upset here and trying to go through obviously the Yankees have the biggest (laughs) <laughs> of the day and, oh, yeah, and that's not surprising the Yankees are obviously the biggest favorite but is there an upset potentially in any of these is it going back to potentially that Minnesota game when you're talking about wagering today because Minnesota's at home but Cleveland is favored because of Kluber on the road yeah Minnesota's plus 104 um right now as we're talking to you guys so Minnesota is a home favorite and yeah I mean I just mentioned their their watered down lineup 
so far in Cleveland. I mean, it's missing a lot of guys. I mean, Brantley gone, Edwin gone. Are you talking Lindor not at the top of that lineup? Jose Ramirez is not at full health. So there's a lot of young pieces in, in their lineup right now, a lot of free swingers, and Barrios on the mound. I think that's a great call. And Minnesota is one of the most improved teams. Like, everyone looks to Phillies, and, and they should look to the Phillies. I mean, that lineup is stacked now. And But for Minnesota, they brought in some bats. I mean, Polanco up at the top. You bring in Crone. You got uh, Cruz there, Scope. And, and there's Buxton's hitting the ball well this spring so far, whether that lasts or not. I think that's a that's a great call. So that's that's a home underdog that I can get behind. Uh, another bet that um, a team that I do like would be um, with Colorado. I mean, they're minus one forty. It's it's they're not huge favorites, but they're not like the Yankees where they're minus three thirty. I mean, you're going to really have to lay down some juice to turn a profit on on the Yankees or include them in a parlay or have them win by a couple runs. Adjust your lines, whatever you want to do that way. But for me, for Colorado, minus one forty. If Colorado was at home against Miami, if this game was at Coors, they'd be minus two twenty, minus three three hundred, right? Agreed. So because they're on the road. Um, against a really weak offensive team and Jose Arena, who is a, a contact pitcher, uh, I can 100%. That's one of my favorite favorite calls. So Colorado in a mini, I think that's that's a decent two game parlay. It's yeah. It's and look, Detroit, you could throw into that conversation too against yes. Toronto. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage your. Your hey, home man, team just because I live here doesn't mean uh, anything. I know, I know. You're an Angels fan anyway, but not but yeah. to disparage the home team, the one <laughs> remaining Canadian team out there. But it's going to be a long season for the Blue Jays. It is, but in, in some ways it could be a, one that turns the corner for them. It could be one where you start to see the future as Vlad yeah. and Bichette and yeah. Kevin Smith and some of these guys actually start to come up and make an impact. We'll see how quickly they get there. And I wonder with some of these extensions and, and you see Alonzo, you see Jimenez, you see Tatis – do you think Toronto kind of feels a little bit of pressure now because of what's going on in the trend to get these guys up sooner than later? I mean, I would, I would think, but the way that they were just talking three weeks ago is just so disrespectful about Vlad not being ready and can he handle third base and he's not a big league hitter yet. I mean, don't, I mean, we saw what he did in AAA and in the minors, he was just crushing the ball. Uh, he can't do any good in the minors anymore. So I think once he's at full health and he probably won't be at full health, it's, it's kind of convenient for them. But they don't have to answer these questions right now with all these kids making the opening day roster. It's like, hey, well, he's not at full health right now. So when he is, we'll talk about it. And when he is, I'd, I'd say it'll be at that, you know, that, that Super 2 mark right around, what, the 18th or so. So he'll probably – I think we'll see him by April. And you're right about some of the other kids we'll probably see maybe closer to July and August and maybe the second half will be – And if so, that'll be something the fan base will get behind. And, and yeah. who knows, maybe they'll even uh, – Look, as exciting as it is to bring in those position players, it's the rotation. And the rotation is still bereft of talent. And until that gets fixed, and that's, that's the problem. You know, when you deal a cinder guard from your organization, that's hard to replace. Yeah. And, oh, for sure. And that sets you back, a, a, you know, a decade sometimes. And it's, it's one of those things where they're going to have to either pony up some cash or potentially flip one of these prospects. And I think that might be the way they go, potentially where it's not going to be Vlad, but maybe it is a, a Biggio or a Bichette or a Smith that they flip because they've got so many of these young infielders and they try to bring in a pitching prospect. There's some organizations out there that have a little bit more on that end. and I think it's the right thing to do. It's the way Houston and Chicago built the foundation of what they are experiencing now, which is putting the money and the scouting and everything behind the young position players. It's the safest way to build a, a franchise. But then you got to open the pocketbooks and you got to spend for the Lesters of the world or the Darvishes of the world and try to bring in some pitching somewhere because, I mean, even that Arietta trade, that was a very, a very sound deal that they made. They got the most out of Arietta on that run. 
but it's it's a tough situation there because eventually to compete with the Red Sox and Yankees, you got to pitch. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta pitch. You gotta be able to, and it's not going to change. I mean, they got some good, both teams have some nice young hitters in the, in their lineup and, and, even to come their their prospects especially the Red Sox these prospects just seem to grow on trees for them but uh for the Jays yeah I mean they're in a tough spot because they really shouldn't have brought I mean they lost out on Edwin they should have chose Edwin over Batista but they brought back Batista and Josh on they, they felt like their window was still there and it, now it's going to put them behind for a couple of years but you know another bet too we kind of skimmed over it was um San Diego I, and I feel like you and I are going to be on this Padres train like we were on the Browns like they're young and cup, I think coming. they're going to be like the team that gets off to the hot start yeah, surprises everybody, and then they fade. And maybe that's, they. Fade. It's probably that's my a good prediction call. with the Padres. Like, whereas, yeah. like the Browns were the opposite of that last year. Yeah, the Browns were the team that was like, this team is going to get better as they go. I think they're going to start out strong, and then the young pitching starts to show its holes, and you know, Paddock will get tired, and Strom gets tired. Yeah, and, for sure. You yeah, know, I mean, but out of the gate, limit too. Out of the gate, I'm with you, man. There's a lot of exciting stuff. A lot of people in new places. It's going to be a fun baseball season, and we're just getting started here. You can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Meany. You can follow me at JoePizzaPia17. And, of course, make sure you are checking out the Line Star app. They've got all the lineup optimizers, everything else you need to help supplement from the podcast to get you with the right guys and the right lineup on the right site to win money. So that'll do it for me and Chris for Episode 1 here, opening day. We know it's like a holiday, so happy opening day to everybody out there. And uh, it's time to step off on deck and try to get in the box and go yard. So go get some, everybody. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meaney.